Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels on a Tuesday. Pretty quiet day as far as news about the green and gold is concerned. Other than uh, two new names have been thrown into the mix when it comes to the Packers defensive coordinator position. Denard Wilson and Zach Orr, two defensive assistants with the Baltimore Ravens, have apparently been requested by Matt LaFleur. Um, this after, obviously, the Ravens bowed out on Sunday, um, losing to the Chiefs, making these guys available. Um, Denard Wilson, in particular, seems to be a very attractive candidate and a very sought-after candidate. He's had two interviews already with the Giants, um, as well as the Rams and a couple other teams. Um, this Baltimore defense, obviously very legit. Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator, getting head coaching interviews at the moment. Um, they were the first team in NFL history to lead the league in points allowed, sacks, and takeaways. And Denard Wilson's secondary finished number one in opponent passer ratings. So can I kind of understand why uh, Matt White wanted to take a gander there uh, at the Ravens staff, as it were. Um, Wilson was a defensive backs coach and defensive passing game coordinator with the Eagles when they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, and then when Gannon, their defensive coordinator, uh, was hired away to become the Cardinals coach, he was passed over for the defensive coordinator spot for Sean Desai. So he decamped to Baltimore, where he'd helped contribute to, obviously, a suffocating and fantastic and historic defense. Um, he was formed, coach-wise, his kind of early years where he cut his teeth were under Greg Williams and Todd Bowles, two of the finest defensive minds in the league. So, yeah, you could say this guy's got some bona fides, and certainly you can understand why Matt LaFleur would want to talk to him. Uh, when it comes to Zach Orr, funny, so many people making so much about uh, Christian Parker, the defensive backs coach for the Broncos, who Matt has interviewed for the spot, uh, being 32 years old, or beats him by a year. He's only 31. Uh, pretty young candidate, but uh, a former second-team All-Pro linebacker. Uh, got his start in coaching with the Jaguars as an outside backers coach then uh, came to the Ravens as their linebackers coach. He is, uh, again, pretty close to his playing day still. And you have to think there's probably um, some attractiveness when it comes to having played this style of defense uh, so recently and kind of cutting your teeth coaching-wise uh, on such a excellent defensive staff there in Baltimore. I can understand why Matt would want to have that conversation at least. We'll see uh, if there are any more names added to uh, what is now a list of five. It was six this morning after these two names uh, were made public. Uh, but Bobby, son of Bob Babich, has been named the defensive coordinator in Buffalo, uh, being elevated to that post. So he will not be speaking with Matt LaFleur about the opening in Green Bay. So you can strike him off your list, Packers fans. Um, but I'm excited to see if... Uh, Either of these guys uh, ends up coming to Green Bay. Clearly, we've talked about this quite a bit here on this channel regarding, you know, just because they have worked in one scheme or the other doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they're going to run when they come to Green Bay and work with Lafleur. Lafleur is obviously going to have some very specific ideas of what he wants from whoever he decides to give this position to. So something to keep track of. A couple more guys on the list. Hello to everybody in the comment section. Good to see everybody. How are you all doing? Of course, Brandy's here. Hello, Brandy. How are you? J.D. Rom, thanks for the super chat. I know we can afford it. Imagine, I know we can afford it. Imagine Patrick Queen and Quay playing together. All right, let's come back from La La Land because that ain't going to happen. 
Do I just got to repeat myself every day until free agency is over? What is that old Eddie Izzard thing? Look, you're British, so scale it down a bit. Uh, I got to come up with, look, you're a Packers fan, so scale it down a bit. But yes, that would be an amazing dream. No question about it. And look, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who, you know, maybe Walker can emulate a bit is Queen. We talked about that yesterday. I mean, the guy who, I mean, I think his first couple of years in the league were subpar compared to what Quay's put on tape so far. And uh, Quay's got oh, so much game ahead of him. I'm excited to see where he goes. Joe, thanks for the super chat. Wilson has a lot of experience in different schemes for a guy who is only 41. What Orr has done to improve Patrick Queen's career is impressive. Very much so. I mean, you look at uh, not only how Queen has improved in this style of defense, but also it's clearly helped by the fact that he has a pretty significant running mate next to him in Rokon Smith. Um, but yeah, I, I think you've seen uh, Queen turn a corner. There's no doubt about that. Um, Tom, what's up? Any validity to thinking the Goot press conference on Thursday will mean that the new DC will be announced before then, or does the organization not think about that sort of thing? I don't think one has much to do with the other. Um, possible. It's possible that maybe we get some kind of announcement or news report tomorrow or Thursday morning. Um, you know, we've had that kind of, they've had that kind of synergy before, but I don't think it's something they plan for. Um, I think it's much more about um, everything going on with the personnel group, senior bowls going on down in Mobile, Alabama. Brian's undoubtedly got a bunch of guys there. Um, he may, I'm, there's a good chance he's down there himself. Um, and maybe this is his first crack uh, at being able to do this, you know, as soon as those practices are over. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think one has much to do with the other is my suspicion. Aaron Harper, go pack, go. How you doing, man? Thanks for checking out the stream. Ian, thank you for the super chat. What happened in 1999 that made the Packers so bad under Ray Rhodes? What, why did they pick him in the first place? Thanks so much, Aaron. Wow. A history question, an actual history I lived through. Um, what happened that, that would take a long time and probably much longer than would be uh, prudent here on Packers Daily. However, I will say he was picked because people forget, but he was uh, he had some shine to him having come from the Eagles as a head coach. He was an NFL coach of the year with the Eagles taking into the playoffs um, and then was on Green Bay staff. And when Holmgren, you know, decided he was headed west, as it were, um, Ron Wolf, and he has subsequently, you know, years after the fact, admitted this was a mistake. But he was hell-bent on the fact that he wanted someone with head coaching experience to take over. He didn't want a first-time head coach coming in and trying to basically, you know, keep things rolling in Green Bay. Uh, he didn't want to kind of start over. He wanted someone who knew their program, their way of working, and what was expected. And, you know, he settled on, I don't think he even, if I remember right, I don't think he even interviewed that many people for the gig, but it was uh, it was that determining factor, the fact that he had been a coach and been pretty successful um, that, you know, he pulled the trigger and gave the job to Rhodes. Now, as far as what went wrong, um, just never seemed to gel. There were problems early in that season that never seemed to get fixed. It was one of those things where you talk about press conferences now, and hearing, I know I see Packers fans all the time saying, oh, after a loss, like Lafleur will say it starts with me and I got to get that fixed, blah, 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 blah. But oftentimes, and this goes back to McCarthy, Mike and Matt have done a pretty good job of when things are, you know, 
very obviously broken and or in need of improvement, a fix, what have you, there's resources poured into that. And you see you most more often than not, you do see at least an attempt to mitigate those things. And with roads, that just never seemed to happen throughout the season, no matter what it was on both sides of the ball. Um, they never really found a groove on offense. Their defense was really disorganized and it just, yeah, it never felt great. And I think the nadir of that season was the Burline quarterback draw in Lambeau. That's what I'm going. It's so funny. I've like lived through Super Bowl losses, fourth and 26, Seattle NFC Championship game. That Burline quarterback draw for the Panthers to win in Lambeau Field in 99, that is up there, man. It, it, it hurt that bad because it was so clear that we had lost the plot and the Packers were that window with Favre was all but shut. You know, it, I'm, it sounds dramatic, but that's what it felt like. And, you know, Wolf, to his credit, you know, he understood that he had made a mistake there. And that's why he fired him. That's when he went, got Mike Sherman, um, who I will always say was is very underrated as a head coach. Obviously, terrible general manager should never have been given that job. But, um, yeah, it was just I just think that it just didn't gel and it just never they never fixed problems that were ailing them early in the season and they were kind of disorganized and yeah it was it was tough and it was weird because like in the beginning of the season Favre had these amazing comeback moments like that first month of the season there's the Raiders game there's the Buccaneers game the Vikings comeback and I think it was after the Raiders game I think it was opening weekend where like yeah no there there were just like these moments that it felt magical and then it all just kind of faded away as the year went on. Like you could, you can only paper over those cracks so much, but yeah, no, I, like I said, that's a way more long and involved uh, topic. And maybe I'll do a special 1999 podcast slash video about it. I don't know. Taymor, what's up? Random Packer of the day, Mike McKenzie. Mike McKenzie was kind of the beginning of Corey Banky's jersey um curse Corey kept buying packer player jerseys and then the year after he bought them they would be gone like Corey literally bought the mckenzie jersey and then that next year was his holdout and trade to the saints uh michael asks any idea when goody will hold another press conference yes michael um brian goodykunst will address the media thursday at noon lambo time one o'clock eastern and i think toying with the idea let me guys, let me know what you guys think uh, are you as nerdy as i am the fact that we're all here probably suggests yes but i was thinking we should have a watch party we should do a brian gutekunst end of season watch party we all watch the press conference together probably go all mystery science theater on it and then chat about it i don't know what do you guys think what else we got folks we got mimsy what's going on man any dc hire is plus three wins all else held constant <laughs> See, you would think so, but that's not necessarily true. But I hope so. Rai Rai, what's going on? Packers need more killer instinct in big games. I think it's the biggest factor for most of their playoff losses since 2014. See, okay, I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to pick on you, but isn't going for it on fourth and short when you could just easily take a field goal? Isn't that the, quote, killer instinct you're looking for? Oh, and look what happened. They didn't get it, and they left points on the off the board. You know what I mean? Like, this is what always bugs me about people who talk about McCarthy blowing it in Seattle. It's like, 
there are so many factors that go into these games and these heartbreaking, gut-wrenching losses. I don't think a lack of killer instinct is that thing that's causing it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, you want that to be the fix because then it becomes somewhat simple. It's like, okay, just go all gas, no break, and fucking killer instinct. Yeah, but just there's just a lot more to it than that, I would, I, I suspect. Jacob, what's going on, man? Aaron, does it surprise you that Matt LaFleur is so close with Salah, who is one of the best DCs in football, yet this is twice now where it seems Matt is staying away from that scheme slash coaching tree? I mean, a, a little bit. I thought Marco Emanuel would get a call, actually, who's on staff with Salah, um, and worked with LaFleur in Atlanta. You never know what he's looking for, right? And there might be something very specific as far as you know, the style of football he thinks needs to be played, not just now, but down the road, how offenses are evolving. You're always trying to stay a step ahead. So maybe that's got something to do with it. But yeah, I, I'll admit, I've thought about kind of that thing, that exact topic, and it is somewhat surprising to me. You know, now maybe for whatever reason, it's just not something that, you know, or, or maybe Lafleur believes, okay, Salah and that style worked great with the 49ers and it's working great in New York with the jets, but look who they've had up front. They've been able to control the line of scrimmage in both those towns, you know, and maybe he doesn't feel they have the type of personnel that's going to be able to work that way. Now I'm just totally throwing darts here, but maybe that's it. I don't know, but uh, it's a good question. Kaleo, what's going on, man? Thanks for all you do. I'm excited for the Packers to win Lombardi trophy next season. Go pack. Go. There you go. There you go. That's the, that's the mentality I like to hear, baby. That's called carrying the G right there. Jeff Ness, what's going on? Does Goody have any say in the defensive coach? No, Jeff, he does not. Now, will Matt possibly talk to Gutekunst and maybe Murphy? Hell, maybe even Russ Ball, although I doubt it on Ball. Um, no question he'll have conversations and bounce ideas off of him and things of that nature, but this is Matt's call. That's in his contract as far as being able to pick his staff and hire the staff. That is entirely on Matt. So, yeah, no, Goody does not have that authority. Scott, what's going on, man? Any talk about a meetup in Chicago this year? Lots of Cheesehead TV fans here, and I'll buy dinner. Scott, you're buying dinner? Well, now that I know you're buying dinner, maybe. Um, are you talking in-season? Because it's probably not going to have an in-season. But maybe in the off-season. I need a trip to Chicago. You know what we need to do? We need to take over Will's Northwoods some Saturday night after you buy us dinner and just go to town. And by go to town, I mean get just blackout drunk. That'd be fun. Let's go. That's that's going to happen this offseason. I can feel it. Uncultured, what's going on? If the NFL is Star Wars, oh God, Jesus, don't have, don't have, don't let Corey Banky hear you talking this way. Does that make Joe Barry Porkins? <laughs> and do you have Bane's number? I might have another stadium job for him in a couple weeks. Okay, see now you're cross pollinating your pop culture references, but wow. Joe Barry being Porkins, that's pretty good, Uncultured. I got a problem here. Pull up. No, I can hold it. No. Ah! Joe, Joe Barry's ending in Green Bay. Perfectly encapsulated. That's amazing. Uh, go to all the states. Oh, Ray. I'm not Charlie Barron's, man. I can't go on tour. Not enough people care. Otherwise, yeah, that'd be a great idea. What about Martindale? Gary, they have not shown any inkling uh, of wanting to interview with uh, Martindale at all. Now, that doesn't mean it hasn't happened or they haven't talked or, you know, but as far as things that are 
been reported, there's been no connection at all between the Packers and Wink. Um, again, doesn't mean they won't happen, but I mean, you look at the fallout in New York and kind of everything that transpired there. And prior to that, like the book on Martindale was, was a little bit of a hothead, bit of an egomaniac, et cetera, has had trouble clashing with coaches in the past. And lo and behold, that sure seemed to rear its head there towards the last half of the season with the Giants. I don't know if Brian would be, or Brian, I'm sorry. I don't think Matt would be welcoming that kind of energy into the building. That's just my guess. Um, Bryson, what's going on, man? Whoever the DC is, just don't want someone who does the Barry system, but better miss me with that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest. I'm right there with you, man. I, I've said it the last three years, and if they hire someone who runs this same scheme, I'll live with it because what else choice do I got? But, man, I'm not a fan. I am not a fan at all. And it's so funny because they, everyone, the Brandon Staley thing, right? Everyone points to that one year he had with the Rams. Yeah, remember when they lost that year in the playoffs at Lambeau Field when Aaron Rodgers essentially tore them apart? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're the best offenses have, no, I'm not going to say have this scheme figured out, but they've figured ways of working and ways to attack it pretty consistently. And, you know, just the whole keep it all in front of you, rally and tackle after 15-yard gains is just, I'm done with that. Man, I cannot. I can't handle it. I love that there are people in the chat just naming old-school random Packers. Just awesome. Just awesome. Make sure I get all the super chats here. Um, Got that one. Got that one. Got that one. Got, got all those. All right. So, Menace. Another history question. Best and worst free agent signing in Packers history, and you can't say Reggie White for the best, way too obvious. Well, then it's Charles Woodson. I mean, if you're taking Reggie off the map or off the, the board, it's Charles Woodson. Um, as far as the worst free agent signing, I mean, Hardy Nickerson's up there, but I'll probably go with Joe Johnson. When Mike Sherman signed Johnson on this monster contract, and he did absolutely gall in Green Bay. And he basically got washed out on every run play, barely rushed the quarterback, and essentially did nothing on the defensive side of the ball to bolster things. But he had been given just this monster deal. But it was like the first of tons of mistakes that Mike Sherman made as GM. Yeah, Joe Johnson's probably my answer there for worst. No doubt. Um, Doug Hype TV, what's up? Let's shout out Doug Evans, MST 300. Joel Hodgson is from Green Bay. He is from Green Bay. That's right. That's why you get so many Packers references on Mystery Science Theater. And yes, Doug Evans. Always down for a good Doug Evans shout out. Uncultured again. What's up, man? Ray Rhodes almost got me fired. He tanked one game so badly, I called into work in Minnesota and told him I was taking the night off to get drunk. I think there was a lot of that in 99, man. That was a, that was a tough season to live through. Bryson. Thanks, man. Whoever is the DC? Oh, I got that one. Good. Ryan, what's going on, man? Barry equals Jar Jar Binks. Poor Joe Barry. Although I say that, poor Joe Barry, he's going to get a job. He'll be fine. I don't know. I kind of like the Porkins thing, I think, fits perfectly. 
I'm down with that. All right, buddy. I, I got to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV. We are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.